With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Uh, Searches are starting right away. Uh, but the GM is going to be our first selection, and then the GM will have input in the head coach. But we've begun our process right away. Like I said, it's an internal process, and uh, it, it's something we have uh, great football operations uh, people here in the building, and uh, we're going to lean on them as well as our relationships in the league and, and elsewhere. So the process has already begun, and uh, we know there are a lot of good candidates, and at the same time we know that this is a uh, highly desirable uh, uh, place for people to be. We have a a great core of talent, a great uh, uh, facilities, a great fan base, great communities. So uh, we're confident we're uh, on a good process, and uh, we've already gotten. Get in the know, nonstop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Mm. Mm. The Wilf Reapers. The Wilf Reapers. Slowly walking through the Twin Cities Orthopedic Performance Center, tapping leaders on the shoulders. That's just scary. a, sur- oh. a surreal day. No, you. I think you should keep the, the Reaper the hood up. up for the entire show there, Dex. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> good luck. There you go. Headphones, the hair. Had to get over get it over the, the pomp. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way, Purple Daily also presented by TCL, one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands. New lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. You think we're not working this off-season? The off-season just started. We're doing two-a-days. Two-a-days today. It's the second episode of Purple Daily today because Mark Wilf spoke to the media, the public, and... Um, just sort of laid out the current state of the Minnesota Vikings. I think we should start again with the statement that the Wilfs put out. And then Judd, you've got sort of the, the key highlights from Mark Wilfs press conference and Q and a with the media. And we can get into some of this, Yep. but this is the statement from the ownership group from this morning. This morning we met with Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer to notify them. We will be moving in a different direction at GM and head coach. We appreciate their commitment to the team's on-field success, their passion for making a positive impact in our community, and their dedication to players, coaches, and staff. While these decisions are not easy, we believe it is time for new leadership to elevate our team so we can consistently contend for championships. What do we say here on Purple Daily every single day? We want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. All of our criticisms, if you ever think we're being negative, it's all because we hold the Vikings to a high standard, and we've hoped that the ownership and the GM and the coach on down also hold the team to the same standard. So it's nice to see that the ownership, Mark Wilf here, mm-hmm. 
is echoing the same sentiment, championships. We wish both Rick and Mike and their families only the best. Our comprehensive search for a new GM and head coach will begin immediately and will be led internally. We are determined to have sustained success and bring Vikings fans the Super Bowl championships, plural, mm-hmm. championships that they expect and deserve. First question, does Mark Wilf listen to or watch Purple Daily every day? Or just once in a while, a couple times a week. I asked Judd this because after our uh, some other listeners have been pointed this out that it sounds a lot like the mission statement and a lot of the overarching things that we talk about. And Judd brought up a good point. I think they do. I said I. Uh, I think they do. I told Dex I had a source at one point in time who shall go nameless, and this is way back when, so this is not recent. Um, a source at one point in time told me that ownership would uh, stream KFAN on a daily basis to hear basically mm-hmm. from New Jersey what they what they had to say and what the callers were saying. Um, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that the folks who um, are still based in Jersey might be streaming our show at night. So I could definitely see where, because, you know, podcasts are great. You can bypass what you don't want, right? Yeah, that's great. So I'm if it's like, man. So if it's <laughs> like a judge starting to ramble, Bang, gone. Judd's gone. But, um, yeah, I think that there is a definite chance that uh, it seems interesting to me, unless I'm unless I'm missing something here, that we, and more importantly, you out there, the, the people that consume us, um, are on point of this message constantly. And unless I don't know about it, I don't know what other media entity in this town harps on on these talking points as much as we do. Right? Yeah, because we hold this team to a championship but I'm, standard. But I'm being I, like, who else does that? Like, the fan does not. Um, no. The papers aren't supposed to. Like, you know, in fact, there was a host. The there was a host on the team radio station that for several days was literally like lashing out at people with pitchforks or what have you. It's m- media and speculation driven that Mike Zimmer might be in jeopardy. Mike Zimmer, who is a bastion of excellence, might be in jeopardy of losing his job. Well, ownership certainly hasn't been happy with the last two years. They haven't been above 500 in 700 days. Mm -hmm. And when faced with the fork in the road of, well, I mean, things could be worse. You know, we're lucky we're not the Lions or the Texans or some dumpster fire. Why would we want to move on? You know, boy, if we move on from these guys, we could... Really take a nosedive, right? Or the other path of this ain't good enough. We mm-hmm. want championships. Mm-hmm. This franchise has never won a championship. Deserves it. This is going to be a really hard decision, and there is risk involved whenever you hit the reset button. Yep. But we're going to take on that risk, and we're going to look to hire somebody who's collaborative, who's a leader, as as Mark listed all these different words and what they're looking for in his press conference. And damn it. I love the decision. <laughs> Maybe it blows up in their face and they hire the next, you know, clown show Joe Judge and this thing goes down the toilet, but it's worth the risk. You got to love as a fan out there that the ownership is is putting Super Bowls in the mission statement, in the explanation for why they made these moves. Mm-hmm. That it's got to feel good as a fan to know that they want the best for this fan base and for this organization and they're not just going to settle for well, we're pretty good. I mean, uh, make a kick right. in week two, then maybe things are different, right? No, right. Well, and they enough. and they saw, I mean, look, 
you had to turn a blind eye not to see the dysfunction on this team and, and internally. And, and Mark Wilf, in his talking points, articulated that. He basically is saying, we saw it. We, we saw there was, as far as I could tell, nobody in a position of power. So that includes the GM, the coach, or the quarterback, perhaps. There was nobody in that building to lead. It was a bunch of people trying to save their own behinds. And and you would have to be an idiot not to see that. Like, this was not, this again is one of the easier, but one is I'm on board completely. But two, this is one of the easier it's just time moves of all time. Like, nothing about that we saw, starting in training camp, like when you literally have the quarterback saying, I'm not going to get vaxxed, the head coach lashing out, the GM hiding um, at some point in time. It's not about your political or religious beliefs at all. It's about, okay, this is a sports team and you're trying to win a championship. And like, you're so fractured in it's training camp. Are you serious? Um, so, so the Wilfs aren't stupid. They saw that. And Mark Wilf today, without probably getting too much into specifics, talked about everything that we talked about. Not in the detail, but he's basically saying we because he he did use the term over and over again. You know, got to change the culture. He's right. Right. Got to bring in people who can lead and who are players and fans. Very important right there to our players will follow. You know, there's a difference between, well, they didn't quit on Mike and guys liked Mike. Okay, that's awesome. That's great. But I need my coach to be followed. To be respected. Like, just because I I play for Mike, I'm like, ah, Zim, man, crusty old dude. That doesn't make Mike good at Mike's job now. And Mike was good at one time. And, you know, the fact is, I don't think it's a leap of, of, um, of logic to say that Rick Spielman and Zimmer no longer were on the same page. So they're both trying to do their own thing. This is where it could help. Just a little bit here, forgive me for suggesting this, to have a quarterback who can sort of step in and be like, guys, 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 okay, I got this, right? But he can't do that. And so everything that culminated today, you would literally, if you follow this team closely, and I'm saying from us to fans, you would literally need to be an idiot not to have seen all of this. And I don't think that's being harsh. I really don't. You're either... I mean, idiot is is a strong word, or you are purposefully and sort of blissfully That's turning a blind eye to a lot of the clues and hints that have been I dropped in front of your eyes. Call right? that an idiot, perhaps. And it's I think it's it's tough because you know we sit here on this show and I don't know we've just been kind of in lockstep the last few months that this is off, yeah. something's not right. It's not a total train wreck, but it's just not headed toward championship and. You know, I'm just, I'm just happy that now they're headed forward into a new era. And now, and we'll get to the highlights here, and we'll go through Judd's sure. list of takeaways from Mark Wilf and also uh, some of the, the the offensive coordinator candidates that we've that we've seen thrown out there as potential you know connections to the Vikings, where they're going to interview. We'll get to some of this stuff. Um, but this is potentially one of the most fun four to five month stretches in the last fifteen to twenty years of Vikings football because. There's so many possibilities. New GM, new coach. There might be a quarterback shuffling here. You got the draft on the horizon. 
what systems are going to be installed from a you know an offensive and defensive X's and O's standpoint. They're just like this is going to be a blast here. Um, so let's get to it. Mark Wilf just got done a little while ago speaking to the media and speaking to fans. What were some of your main takeaways, Judd? Let's go through them. Um, my first one was, and this becomes, I think, the most essential thing now. So the Wilfs aren't going to use a search firm, which, by the way, is fine. Like, I, I'm not big on search firm because we've seen that work and we've yeah. seen that not work. Um, but they, they are going to, as Mark alluded to, I think in the uh, clip that Declan played to start off this show, they are going to basically keep it internal as far as the search goes. Um, I think they probably have by this point in time. In fact, I'd go back a few weeks, reached out to, to the league, but like the guidance. So my question is this, and and Mark, not surprisingly, didn't go into detail, guys, but where is the guidance going to come from? Like who are the key players here because there's obviously people within the organization that are probably going to um, um, talk to the Wolves about this job. So outside of that, who are who are the people that are going to guide them in trying to find the new GM replacement for Rick Spielman? Because that is the key one, right? Like that's the, the GM can find the coach. What I am curious about here though is, the actual GM hire is so damn important because, I mean, that's going to be the guy to, to make the decision on Cousins and just as importantly or more so, find your quarterback. So so not to put too much pressure here, but I would say that that's the one move you can't miss on. Well, and, and, and he said, it, you know, the search is going to be led internally. And, you know, who, so who internally is going to be? Because some of the people internally, like in the football ops department, you know, are they, they so they're going to interview candidates right. for their boss? Like it's kind of I a doubt weird that. That's what I'm dynamic. About. But internally, so there are in terms of uh, listed owners, there are eight listed owners of the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, you've got the three main Wilf brothers, and then uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Jonathan and Stephen Wilf are kids, right? Yes, Those I believe are second, they're both second generation. Yep. Yep, and then you've got Steve uh, Scott Landis, Alan Landis, and then uh, David Mandelbaum, and they're all ownership partners. I believe those are minority owners with the Vikings. On the executive staff, I'm just thinking like people internally that can conduct these interviews. Mm-hmm. Andrew Miller is the new chief operating officer. Didn't he take over when For Kevin uh, Warren? Kevin Warren went to become the Big Ten commissioner. He was a he was a baseball guy with the Blue Jays. Um, I don't know how much he knows about the league itself. Like that, I have no clue. Rob Brzezinski is one of the highest ranking football ops vice presidents. He's an executive vice president of football ops, and he's been the cap guru that um, a lot of you know his name by now. And there's a handful of other guys that are still in that front office. I mean, Martin Nance is in the front office still. Um. Steve Poppin is the executive vice president yeah, and, and chief business administration guy. officer, but he's on the business side of things. Yeah, he's not, a- but he, but, but Mark specifically referred to, there are people on the business side yeah. of the front office that could be involved in searching for someone. So I don't know how they're going to put it together. Little, again, there's risk. There's risk. Yeah. Like, you know, who's, who's hiring these people? I don't know. I think the internal, it's a, very, it's a roller coaster ride. I think the internal candidates for, GM, and I, I don't think that they're going to stay in, inside, but I think the internal candidates would be Jamal Stevenson, who was promoted, I think, when George uh, when George uh, Payton left for Denver. 
Yeah, uh, Brz- director of personnel. Rob Brzezinski, I don't know. Like, like he, he's been the cap guy for a long, long time, and he's good. I don't know if he fancies himself a GM type or not. Um, and then, and then a guy Phil that we both know, Ryan Munnins, who also I think was promoted to help when Peyton left and has been with the franchise for a long time, could be a candidate as well. But I ultimately don't believe that they're going to hire the next GM from inside. That no, I agree. I, I'm saying these people, like these, are people that may be involved in the interview well, that's, process of candidates. That's what I'm saying, though. Is if you want the job, I don't know that you're the right person to be involved in, in that process. So, the great unknown is who exactly is going to have a hand in helping the Wilfs uh, make this hire because this is the key one. This hire can make the rest of the hires. Uh, 116 unashamed comments on YouTube. Boring. All right, we'll move on from names you've never heard of. What's the next thing on your main takeaway, Mark Mark Wills press conference? This is 116 unashamed. This is important stuff right, right here. This is very important stuff. Uh, <laughs> Let me tell you more about Jamal Stevenson my- and Ryan Munnin's backgrounds. It all began on a rainy <laughs> night back in the 1970s. Cocktails oh boy. Uh, at a local dive bar. My next uh, takeaway is this, um, and it falls under the... Heading, I think, of what else is Mark going to say, but I don't think he's entirely wrong. The Vikings expect to be competitive in 2022. Super competitive. Super competitive, which, by the way, okay, I don't know if I buy super competitive, but keep in mind, there are now in in each conference seven teams that make the playoffs. And this team, which I didn't think was great by any means, had a chance until the penultimate game of the season to make the the playoffs. So I don't think that it's like, well, they're going to have to rebuild now. Super competitive, long playoff run. That's pushing it. Uh, playoffs, though? Playoffs? Yeah. yeah. They got a chance. It's not that Definitely. hard to make the playoffs in the NFL right now with the, with the 17. I mean, I get that like football is hard and building a team is hard. I'm not saying I'm not I'm not saying that it's just snap your fingers, but you know, look at some of the teams that like the Philadelphia Eagles traded Carson Wentz and were and hired a new coach, and they were looking to stockpile draft picks. So while rebuilding, the Philadelphia Eagles went nine and eight, made the playoffs. Right, right. Uh, over over in the AFC, look how many teams. There's a couple teams that missed the playoffs, but like the Dolphins are kind of in build mode. They went nine and eight. They missed the playoffs, but they went nine and eight. You know, Chargers have their quarterback, but it's year two, new coach. You know, they were a moment away from making the playoffs if if that kick doesn't go through the upright. So. Uh, the Bengals are a year ahead of schedule. Now it helped have Joe Burrow, but they right. went ten and seven, won the division, kind of in a in a rebuild mode. So yep. you can bounce back pretty quickly in the NFL, even with a new coach and a young quarterback and a fresh start. A fresh start. That that's what I think that there is going to be um, the ability of a lot of people in that building, including the players who return, to take a deep breath and, and be like, ah, I it felt like, and I, I was at a training camp on pretty much a daily basis in the summer, you guys. It felt stifling out there. It just felt tense. It didn't feel fun. And, and I mean, in, in sports, those things are important. Wait, to your point, this is a great segue. Mm-hmm. Eric Kendricks is speaking to the media right now. He was asked about just you know the fallout and the direction. He said, quote, here's is Eric Kendricks, quote, I don't think a fear-based organization is the way to go. How about that? 
He also said, Interesting. Um, hmm, I like that quote. He was talking about the culture and what he wants to see. He also made a comment. I'm trying to find it here. There's one on Zimmer. He said, I feel like there were some things that were left out there as far as our relationship was concerned, what that was concerned. And that's something you have to ask him. So basically it sounds like his relationship with Zimmer wasn't exactly ideal. And then he yeah. went into the quote too about, yeah, the fear-based organization. Yep. It's it, 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 And Judd was just saying it. Mike Zimmer definitely was my way highway, sort of fear-based, get into guys. You're going to be deactivated if you're in my doghouse, young player, Kellen Mond, Cam Dantzler early in the season. Yep. And, yeah, Bill Belichick has kind of operated that way at times, <laughs> but he's also on a totally different level right. in almost every way. Right. But I feel like you need someone that can bring more of a joy-based environment. doesn't always have to be fun and goofing around, but, you know, even these, like, post-game locker room, you know, there's there was one a few weeks ago where – the Vikings came back and they won a game or they they blew a lead. It was one of the 16 games this season where it was close and they, they pulled a game out late. And um, Mike Zimmer gets to the locker room and he's like, you know, I think it might have been this, the first Bears game or something. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, yo guys, uh, good win. It doesn't doesn't have to be this way, though. It doesn't have to be this way. And he's like instantly like getting into them for it was a closer game than it should have been. It's like, guy, that's for that's for Monday film. And Alex Boone came on, you know, our Tuesday episode. He's like, that is the type of thing that you do not say in the euphoria of a team winning a close game. You don't buzz. You don't kill the buzz. Right. And Zimmer was such a huge kill the buzz guy, I feel like, especially the last few years. Right. Yes, just, I agree with it. It, it got worse. Yep. That's R- rather than yeah, rather than like embracing, man, look how many close. Like we're always in close games. We love being in close games. And damn it, this wasn't perfect today, but it was us. Yep. And this is our identity. And we thrive in the murk. He makes it about, well, you guys need to be better. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like there's a time for that in film study, but that probably wears on you as a player when your coach comes in and he's just Buzz Killington after the games in the locker room post game press conference, you know? So Eric Hendricks, very, very interesting. Well, and these comments that he's making right now. That's the whole thing about where, where, because before a coach gets canned, there's always this whole fear thing of a lot of players like that coach. Okay. First of all, they're not going to come out and say, I hate my coach until he's gone. And second of all, I have never, I have, don't recall the last time that I saw a player um, see his coach be fired and say, trade me right now. Like, Brad Children's been fired or Mike Tice is gone. I'm out of here. They might be miffed a little bit, but you know what? It's the quickest thing to recover from ever. The thing, too, about the Vikings that I thought this team in particular was a real red flag. And, th- and again, this is something that needs to change. Um, and that was the fact that as the season progressed, Justin Jefferson emerged as like the guy in press conferences um, and, and he had a positive leadership type attitude, but that's ridiculous. Kids in a second year and he's, and he's the one saying, yeah, we were flat. We can't be flat there. And I, I don't even think he did it in a vindictive way. I thought he was, he was saying, I've seen a team win in college, a national championship, and this isn't how you act. Uh, so it wasn't, I'm crapping on my teammates. It was more like, yeah. hold on a second. We all deserve more here. I thought that that was incredibly telling as to as to the dysfunction of who leads this team when a second year receiver 
has to get up there and be like, okay, here's at least what you should know. Yep. Uh, what else for, for takeaways on your list from this Mark Wolf press conference? There, there weren't a lot because the talking points were he hammered them home. And, and you know what? I would like to know a little bit more about who's going to lead this search. But I will say this. Uh, he delivered the talking points in a way where, where I'm either a little bit concerned that they don't know exactly what they're doing or, and this would not be a surprise, this is just a day on which I am going to, to keep a theme um, I personally, it's my view that, that the GM search is well down the road. I don't think it's like, oh, we're starting. Now, the coaching thing might be different, but I think the the GM search has been going on. Um, I think there was some question about what they were going to do with Rick, but there has been no question about Mike. And, and so am, am I 100% confident that the Vikings are going to get the GM higher right? No, I'm not. But. Am I confident that they at least have a direction and have for weeks now that, that they were going to, on January 10th, make changes? Yes. Uh, but they are very much on point with, we need a change here. And and you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if privately a guy like Kendricks was sat down and said, what's going on? Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. You think like... Smart the, people do that. Don't, don't, don't you think it's possible? Yeah, and I don't know. This is speculation here, but that Mark Wilf probably went to a couple of the team leaders, like an Adam Thielen and Eric Hendricks, longtime guys, and said, I got to know what's going on. What's the vibe? I want to take the temperature here, right? I, I, I know that this is, this is a little bit uh, maybe stepping over a line here, but we need all the information that we can get. Um, on Kirk Cousins, Mark Wilf was asked about Cousins and his contract and if it hinders the Vikings from – competing in 2022 and beyond, and his response was very noncommittal. He basically yeah, said, we're nice. going to hire a new GM and a new coach, yes. and then those guys are going to make the assessment. But mm-hmm. I would be very, very surprised, like I said on the first episode of Purple Daily today, if a new general manager and a new coach comes in and says, you know what, this might be our only crack at these jobs ever. Let's uh, let's sign up for three years of Kirk Cousins, ironclad contract, and get his age 34, 35, and 36 seasons. Yes. And I just, I think there's a better chance that they look to trade him and get out from underneath the last year of that contract. They would have to eat $10 million of the $45 million in dead cap, but it would clear $35 million yep. um, from your current books. Um, and then I'll just, you know, one more, just my own observation off the Wolf press conference. He kept going back to, two different main themes, leadership, mm-hmm. communication, collaboration, and leadership, which is a huge indictment on both Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman, and championships. And I love it. And those are easy buzzwords. Anyone can sit here and say, we need better leaders and we want to win championships. Like, obviously, everybody wants that. Right. But I, th- I think for the Wilfs to detach themselves from a pretty darn good GM and a pretty darn good coach, and maybe a pretty darn good quarterback because they believe there's something better out there. That's the type of decision the Chiefs made when they went from Alex Smith to Mahomes. That's the type of decision some other organizations have made with coaches where, God, this guy's okay, but what if we got, you know, what if we went with a Sean McVay or somebody? And you might whiff, but I love that they're preaching leadership. I love that they're preaching championships. And I think what they also came to to the – conclusion of is because since the day that they walked in in the door they've talked about what continuity and stability right um 
I think they finally came to the conclusion that those things are great if they're working, but there's no guarantee that, okay, I've got stability. It's great, right? Uh, Stability can get stale. And this did. And so the most important thing, and the thing I didn't know if they could turn the page on and do is look at that and say, all right, we had something good here. We had people that we really probably liked a lot here. But we can't continue because you're not going, you are not going to win a championship with Zimmer, Spielman, and Cousins. Was there a time when that was a possibility? Absolutely. But again, doesn't take a genius to say, I don't think so now. And so, so, um, the pressure is on, make no mistake, the pressure is on the Wilfs to get the GM higher right. Because if you don't, you got problems. But if you do, it opens up a door to success that that they have really not seen since they bought this team since the farthest that they've gone is what two conference uh, championship games in in both of those were in non sustainable fashions right like you had Brett Brett Favre was you know well seventeen seemed it sort of like if you had gotten the quarterback right unfortunately it didn't work out yeah well but, uh, yeah. but ultimately you, oh, you had a magic carpet ride backup quarterback yep. that was helping guide that season. Uh, I do want to mix in some dissenting opinions here. So 3Quest O in the YouTube comment section says, this is a huge mistake we made today. And uh, this one from Twitter here too, at Phil Mackey, at Jay Zolgat, at Dex's tweets. Um, it's from Pat. Says, everyone wants Zim. This is from last night, actually. Everyone wants Zim fired. Fine. Just remember, the grass isn't always greener. And I, I guess my question back to anyone who thinks the Vikings made a big mistake today by letting Mike Zimmer go or Rick Spielman go, they haven't been above 500 in 700-plus days. Right. And even before that, it was like, yeah, they went to the playoffs once in the last four years, but they weren't an actual Super Bowl contender. You know, they got in, they were pretty solid, they got in, and then they they won a game, and that's great. But then they got trounced against an actual contender, the 49ers, in the second round of the playoffs. What are we clinging to? You know, like, like, how big of a mistake is it really? Okay, so they don't make the playoffs now. They don't finish above 500 now. Is there another level beneath this that's worse? Yes, there is. Who cares? Mm-hmm. You're not at the level that you want to be at. So I, 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 don't, I guess I don't really understand how it could be a huge mistake. I could see if you're going to let Bill Belichick go, how that could be a huge mistake, you know. Proven to deliver Super Bowls. Yep. I just, I don't see a scenario in which today's moves were a huge mistake. I think remaining status quo and stagnant is the huge mistake. Yeah, this is not, so this comment would have made more sense if you had lost to the Saints in the first round in 19 and said, we're blowing it up, which by the way, might have happened and I would have sort of gotten it, right? But that's like, well, that was a playoff team, and they're doing some good things, and yet they didn't win a playoff game, but still, you just blew the thing up. But I'm with you. Coming off the back-to-back seasons that this team is, I don't know how you can consider it to be a huge mistake. And also, if you watch this season, what did you see that led you to believe like that this was working? Nobody was happy. Everyone I think, was I miserable. Think the, the dissenting opinion would be, 
look how many close games you lost. If this, this, and this would have happened, then you would have been a 10 or 11 win team. But right. losing close games in the NFL is not something to celebrate and right. say, oh, 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 I mean, there's a, there's a reason why Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins combined are so bad. They literally are like a 20% winning percentage against winning teams in the last four years. Mm-hmm. That is atrocious. That's not bad luck. Right. That's are, are there a few bad luck games in there? Of course. But the, over that body of work, that is a trend. Losing close games is a trend. Bad clock management. Uh, you know, a, a defensive coach that doesn't immerse himself in a quarterback relationship and is sort of a bystander, right, in those moments. An offensive line that's not built to stand up to great pass rushes. Like, these aren't. These aren't bad luck things. These are self-inflicted flaws right. that cause you to lose close games. Right. And and you used, I, I mean, everything about how this season was handled from a coaching standpoint, I thought was flawed, which, which I would not say about the entirety of Mike's time here. I think Mike did some good things. Uh, but, I mean, through Sunday's game, you had a meaningless game in which you could have easily played young players, and you didn't. Um, your quarterback, your starting quarterback in a meaningless game was taking a beating in the first half. And you just sort of let that ride, like, whatever. Um, Dalvin Cook played on Sunday. Why? I mean, the guy's body is basically falling apart. God bless him. And and yes, yes, you played him probably against advice of doctors, but that was a huge game, and he played a great game. So I sort of get that one. But my point being is I don't think that there was anything from the last two years and really especially this year from a coaching standpoint to hold on to. Mm-hmm. I just don't. Uh, Will McNeil chimes in in the YouTube comment section. You guys just hate Zim because he isn't media friendly. Oh, no. I, I like it that he's crusty. No, it's I have no problem hilarious with that. that he's not media friendly. I have no problem. I, I don't <laughs> care about that at all. Look, if he when he was successful – he didn't – I wouldn't call him friendly towards us back then, but who cares? He's winning. Yeah. Uh, a few a few other things here. Just I'm trying to track, you know, which coaching candidates are lining up interviews where here, you know, some of the ones that may pertain to the Vikings. So Kellen Moore, the 33-year-old offensive coordinator for the Cowboys, one of the hot candidates, he's interviewing with the Broncos. Broncos also lining up interviews with Eric Bieniemy and Nathaniel Hackett. Leslie Frazier, old friend, is interviewing with the Chicago Bears. I hope, Interesting. He, I hope he gets the job. I love Leslie. And Ian Rappaport, so Brian Flores got fired this morning, which, man, that dude's real interesting. I mean, the way that he had those Dolphins players, a sub a subpar roster a few years ago, too, playing their asses off at the end of the season. Um, I know they missed the playoffs here, but he's an interesting one. But Ian Rappaport from NFL Network is saying a big reason why the Deshaun Watson to Miami discussions were so persistent is because Brian Flores was the head coach, and Deshaun Watson really wanted to play for Brian Flores. Mm. So keep an eye on wherever Brian Flores, if he gets hired as a head coach, could there be a potential connection? Depending, I mean, if he gets hired somewhere, if he gets hired in Chicago, right? You know, they're probably going to roll with Justin Fields, but you know, a place like Minnesota, place like. I don't know if Denver's getting here, a place like Denver. If there's if there's an opening for a quarterback, keep an eye on wherever Brian Flores lands for Deshaun Watson potentially. Interesting. I think I think what we're going to see here is a pretty quick move on the GM. 
which is not going to be like the sexy talk of, oh, man, this is going to be the because because to go back to the guy that said boring GM's names aren't aren't uh, super well known. Once that's done, though, I think the ball is going to become get rolling and be very interesting about the coach here and who that's going to be. Do you guys want uh, I know the answer. I'm just going to ask a question. It was Rick Spielman statement. He just sent out a statement a little while ago. I think he sent out a while ago. Did, yeah, right? yeah, a few hours back. A few hours ago. Yep. Uh, I don't, but I don't. I don't think we we didn't read this I on the show earlier really today. So, yep. so Rick Spielman said, "I am honored to have been part of the Minnesota Vikings organization and this incredible community for the past 16 years. Mm-hmm. The people of this state welcomed me and my family and treated us with the utmost respect throughout our tenure. Michelle and I created many special memories with our children here, and we will always consider Minnesota our home. Vikings fans, you are some of the most passionate in all of sports." The tremendous game day atmosphere and home field advantage at U.S. Bank Stadium is because of each of you. There is nothing like the emotions we share together at kickoff each Sunday. To Vikings players, coaches, and staff, I sincerely appreciate your tireless efforts to win and your dedication to this community and the fan base. There are so many talented people throughout this organization. Because of that, the Vikings will continue to be a special place in the future. Finally, I want to thank Ziggy and Mark Wilf and the entire Wilf family for believing in me and consistently providing the resources for us to be successful as a football operations staff. It is not common in the NFL to be in a position for this long, which goes to show how this ownership group believes in stability and supports their leaders. While today is emotional, I wish the Minnesota Vikings and Vikings fans nothing but future success. I don't believe Mike Zimmer has put out a statement yet. No. And I don't think it will sound like that. No, and Duke's uh... just two, middle, two middle fingers just... Doogie tweeted that Spielman addressed the team. Zimmer did not. So, wow. I don't know if he was told, hey, do you want to go talk to the players or not? But uh, he said that uh, Spielman did address the players because I I think they got fired around 8 in the morning, and then uh, the players met with the Wilfs, I'm sure, um, at 9 o'clock. Zimmer got the news around 8.20 this morning, and that... Meeting took place at nine, so maybe he just needed to cool off. I don't know, but he knew. But interesting. He he told his assistants, I, I think that they were almost certainly coaching their last game before Sunday's game. So cool off. I hope he had enough wine. <laughs> I think he's probably getting into. Some I today. think he's getting some wine today. Yeah, that's my guess. Good for him. A little red wine. Box, uh, box, or a nice oh, bottle. he's not drinking box. The little wine. box, man. No the little, little thing. chance. Mike Zimmer drinks box wine. <laughs> Zero chance. If he runs out, to, the today bottles, would be the day where you get the box, box out. Wine, right? he'd, he'd get the box out, Dax. <laughs> oh he'd be like, God. I've got plenty of box wine at my house if, if oh. he needs some. Oh, my God. Let's, um, let's open up here because we've, we've, we've got the YouTube comments on here. We've been popping them up on the screen. But why don't you guys type us questions that you want us to answer in the next, like, five or ten minutes. What are the most pressing things that you would like us to, to speak on? Besides boxed wine, which, by the way, you know, about twice a year. Don likes the boxed I, I have wine. To, I'm 29. I still haven't figured it out. I, I can't get into wine. I've had zero Oh, I'm not into wine in either. I, I can't I'm do not it. either. I can't do it. I'm the one <laughs> so, person in my house who doesn't care about no, wine. Beer, liquor, I'm all about that. Beer and spirits, bring it on. Yeah, but wine, not the wine. Okay. Can't do it. All right, that's fair enough. Uh, all right, let's pop a few of these on the screen here. Emmer 33 says, is Daniel Jeremiah a realistic option at general manager, NFL network. Friend of the show. Yeah, yeah very nice guy. Mm-hmm. He would not be, um, he could be 
around the league, and and I think he, he would probably fall into the bin of TV people who have been uh, in front offices before. I don't think he would be here, though. I've certainly not heard his name tied to the Vikings, I don't think, ever. Yeah, and and we're going to do this, too, right, where it's like Daniel Jeremiah, Lewis Riddick, because these and guys are on TV, and of those names we've never so. heard of and you know, in the in the assistant GM guy for the Colts, you know, no one's ever heard of him. But it's, I think it's going to be someone that you've you've only heard of if you're literally doing searches yep. for GM candidates on Google. Yep. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Skull Vikes on YouTube says prediction for when the general manager is announced. Is that a, is that a this week thing? Probably later this week. You know, that's a really good question. Do you think it leaks in the next week? Here's what I don't know. Um, I don't know what the what the rules are where we do know on coaches, I don't know what the rules are on hiring people who are in the playoffs and naming them when they're in, when their team is in the playoffs. That's what I'm going to have to find out. So, so like, could you hire, um, will, will McClay, who's the VP of player personnel from the Cowboys. Could you hire him this week? Name him. Now he probably wouldn't begin his full responsibilities until the Cowboys are done. But that's that's something I'll have to check on because I don't know if there are rules and regulations regarding front office hires like there are for coaches. By the way, the Bears, according to Ian Rappaport, have put in a request to interview. It's funny. I literally just mentioned uh, random Colts front office guys. So they're going to interview Colts director of college scouting, Morocco Brown, who's one of like two or three people in that Colts front office that uh, are highly respected. So they're going to interview him for a GM job. Okay. Um, let's see here. Redman asks Josh McDaniels as both GM and coach like Belichick. I, I, I'm not giving Josh McDaniels full power of the organizations, the right? Move, but would you consider him as the head coach? He's on my blacklist. I, I, him and Lane Kiffin. I, I'm not sniffing. Not even like if it. Oh, caller ID, Lane Kiffin. Nope. I'm all good. Yeah, I'm good. No, I'm thank you. Agree with him. Lane him and Josh McDaniels. I'm more in on. I, I love Lane as a college coach. He's a lot of fun. So if P.J. Fleck ever went somewhere else, I would put a phone call in if I were the Gophers. Um, from an NFL perspective, I'd have a lot of questions for Josh McDaniels. Yeah. What the hell happened in Indianapolis a few years ago? Yeah. Why did you think Tim Tebow was a viable NFL quarterback? And prove that you are, I guess, prove that you are someone who has value beyond your work with Tom Brady. I also think, Phil, that he doesn't qualify for the specifics that, that you and the Wilfs talk about. Um, when you take a job and you begin to hire a staff and then get cold feet, yeah, that is a awful look. Like, I'm, I'm out right there. Do I think that Josh McDaniels is probably ve- a very good offensive mind scheme-wise? Yeah, it seems like he's very good. But head coach. You're responsible for what? People. You're responsible for managing people, both sides of the football, special teams. Um, when you left people high and dry, I'm sorry. I'm with Dex on this one. That scares me too much. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. Uh, Kaysen, is it Kaysen Ayers? What can the Vikings get in a trade for Kirk Cousins? Um, I am much more bullish on this trade than some. Because I hear, oh, he's not going to get you a thing, or you're going to have to uh, give a draft pickup. I, I am starting with, and this is a reach, but I will start here. I'm, I'm going to start with the Stafford trade. I'm going to start with, it depends on what I take back. At the very least, I will trade him to you 
Now, he's going to need to do a contract extension with you, and I might pick up part of his salary, but I want a first-round pick. Um, and I'll go to with the Browns, and I don't care what the Browns are saying. Baker Mayfield's not good, okay? So so the Browns are like, well, we're, we're tied to Baker. No, you're not. You're lying. Um, if I'm going to take Baker back, and I know, Phil, that you can't stand him, and I don't disagree with that, but I'm getting a high draft pick back for that, too. So so this whole thing about, oh, Cousins won't get you, I don't agree with that. Quarterbacks starve teams that think that they can fix a player, I think, will bite on Cousins. So so I would say I would love to see Cousins traded to a team that is where the Vikings were in 2018, which is mm-hmm. all we need is Kirk. You know, yeah, yeah the, well, the Vikings did the same thing with Bradford, too. Like, let's, let's think about, te- and they gave up a first-round pick. Who are some teams that love their roster – and just need a steady professional quarterback at the helm. Denver, yep, it's a really good roster. Okay. You got some weapons around, a couple wide receivers. Yep, their defense. You know that's a really tough division. There is really no weak team in that division. But if you upgraded from Bridgewater or Locke to Cousins, and again, do I think Cousins is the missing piece to a Broncos Super Bowl? No. But are they feeling pressure to make the playoffs and compete? in a tough division. You got Justin Herbert, you got Pat Mahomes, like you got to put someone out there that can stay on the field and throw the ball around. I could see why the Broncos might be interested. Now, are are the Broncos going to start probably with an Aaron Rodgers related phone call? Yeah, of course. But if they whiff on that or, you know, if Rodgers goes somewhere else, whatever. And then Cleveland also fits that description, right? Again, teams with a good roster that are just looking for a professional quarterback that can make, the throws needed. And Cleveland and Denver fit that description 100%. And there's probably two or three other teams that we haven't even mentioned yet. And how about this one? You make two phone calls, both teams in the AFC North, and you play them off each other, Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Ooh. Ooh. Hey, hey, Steelers, that's cool, man. Ben's retired. You got no replacement. That's cool. But I'm on the phone with the Browns right now, and Kirk's go- going Brownies. to the... Oh, what's that? You say Pittsburgh? Hey, Cleveland. That's cool. <laughs> In fact, we're going to put you guys on speaker with each other. Okay? You guys want to talk about who's going to get Kirk Cousins? Because someone's going to get him, and I'm going to get two first-round picks. <laughs> I mean, the Vikings traded. The Vikings ready to compete, right? Coming off of a playoff appearance when they went 11-5, and and they traded a first-round pick for Sam Bradford. And then they and then they dropped eighty four million dollars guaranteed on Kirk Cousins. Like yep. team teams, while I am done with Kirk, and I don't think the Vikings going forward need to pay Kirk any more money. It's time to just move on to a younger, cheaper option. Uh, there are other teams that are in different sort of places in their winning cycle that would definitely be interested in a professional top fifteen quarterback. And, and Phil, we talked about a couple of days back a scenario with Kirk potentially being traded that I think is could be just great, which is. You get a first-round pick for 2023, right? And then you've got your own first-round pick. And now, if you like the quarterback class, let's say you're a good team, but not great. And so you draft, I don't know, 12th again, right? Now, combine those first-round picks to go up and get your QB. And if that problem is solved, it's solved. That's five years of team control. So, like, there's ways to manipulate this and work it 
that could be really attractive, which is why I think Kirk Cousins is set for a huge 2022. I think he's a great quarterback with great skills. I can't tell you how much I like Kirk. Do I want to trade him? No. Will I? I have to listen. Maybe. Uh, Brian O'Neill is also speaking to the media. I hope right he's now. ripping everybody because he never says anything. This is really interesting. Again, you can learn a lot. I about bleep the way and hated think. everybody. So, so Andrew Kramer, our old friend from the Star Tribune, he says, Mark Wilf said the Vikings need clear communication and collaboration in new leadership. What does that look like? Brian O'Neill. Okay. Quote. It can be as little as, hey, how are you doing in the hallway? Little personal things here or there can make a huge difference for a young guy. Oh, boy. Yeah, he didn't talk to people very much. Brad also didn't. Just didn't didn't even speak to um, The one thing you'll find about football coaches, this is not true of Belichick, but I have found, like with Childress and with Mike, how they treat us is how, how they often treat players. Now, there might be a guy like Barr that Mike loves, okay? So I get that. But we all think, because Belichick is definitely different. Belichick hates us, and I, I think players actually like Bill. Uh, but Brad did the same thing, and, and I heard Mike did as well, which is what we saw was what a lot of people saw. Mm-hmm. So, Zimmer's daughter posted a big thing on Instagram to him, just trying to see if there's any... So a lot, a lot of thank you, thank you to the fans that called my dad to be fired. This man dealt with some tough crap and brought this team some of the most memorable moments in franchise history. This man is one of the greatest to ever. This man is one of the greatest to ever coach the game. Uh, he yeah. almost lost an eye for this team. It amazes me That's that you true. can overlook all he's done well, and all he's had to deal with. And you. while you can hire another coach, you will not find a better one. I promise you that. That's not I mean, it's his daughter. Like obviously, yeah. she's. Yeah, I should probably talk to her, though, because that's not, she's not accurate with some of that. I'll let you uh, jump on an Instagram. We should yeah. fix that. I mean, just just dive into the comments. We told him when the eye went south to take some time off. Yeah, he definitely didn't have to coach the Jacksonville. He didn't have to go back and watch film. Like, he, he was trying to watch film while blind, and I was like, Mike, that's not a good idea, dude. I'm so torn here because, like, I'm trying to be respectful to a guy that definitely – Provided yeah. some some nice highs for this franchise. He was a winning coach over eight years. Mm-hmm. I hate the way that things devolved the last two or three years. I don't like the way that he treated people, players, media. I don't love the way that he. I don't love the way that he deflected and blamed other things. Like he rarely took the bullets. Yep. You know, he, he there was always some other reason. It couldn't possibly be his coaching or leadership or ignoring of the offense right it's just um i think if you if you give me personally another six to 12 months to just kind of get past the way that this thing ended the last couple of years i'll look back at eight years of mike zimmer and think some of the same things that his daughter posted on instagram right like he gave us some really fun moments the or the first four years you had yeah you had the minneapolis miracle and you had some shutting down of great quarterbacks right they sat cam newton eight times in one game um, the opening of U.S. Bank Stadium, some competitive teams. Like, there's a lot of good yeah. memories here, but I'm just uh, just not in love with the last couple of years. But what's wrong with things devolved? But what's wrong with with carrying memories of of the fact that he basically had two terms here, and the first one was good. I thought he did a very good job, and the second one with Kirk as his vice president wasn't. 
Like, I'll, like the Kirk years don't go away for me. I'm not going to forget. The Kirk thing blew up and didn't work. And that's, that's Mike's fault. It's Rick's fault. It's Kirk's fault. It's a lot of people's fault. But there's no getting past the fact that you signed a guy to a massive contract and got one playoff win. Yeah. I'm not going to get know, past that. There's a couple. I'm going to keep reading some of these quotes here because they're so telling from players. Eric Kendricks. This is the full quote about the fear-based organization from Pioneer Press. I think just having that voice, no matter how big your role is, is important to listen up and take each other's feelings into account. I don't think a fear-based organization is the way to go. Hmm. Um, Brian O'Neill continued, Guys play their best when they feel good about themselves and their role within a team. The more we can cultivate a culture that guys feel good about being themselves, and that they're important to the team, I think it'd go a long way. I mean, these are super telling quotes yep. about the culture that Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman set or, or or failed to set. These are leaders of the team, man. These are veteran guys. These are some of the highest paid guys on the team. Um, and it kind of, some of this I feel like, man, Kirk, Kirk's been put in a bad spot with some coaching that just didn't pay attention. But also, like, dude, you are the leader of that locker room. Yeah. And where, and not to keep comparing to Tom Brady because he's just a one of a kind, greatest of all time. It's going to be impossible to duplicate. But like Bill Belichick was kind of the sociopathic football genius who wasn't the greatest communicator, right? It was, he's just kind of a, he gave you more behind the scenes and he connected more with his players than you would show publicly to the media. Yep. But Bill was kind of the, the cyborg, you know, distant, we're not going to be best friends. I am a coach, you are a player, and I'm going to get into your ass, right? Tom Brady was the good cop. And Tom, as a leader, would pump guys up, put his arm around guys, and and also he would coach them tough as a player. Mm-hmm. And and I think what the Vikings have really needed, if Mike Zimmer is going to be the bad cop, crusty old, chapped guy, you need someone else. You need your quarterback, for instance, to be – Equally present, but in a good cop way. And Kirk's not that. Well, And that's another reason why this locker room has clearly been frayed based on some of these quotes that are coming out. And your assistant coaches, too, right? Like, your OC can't be a kid that has no idea what he's doing. And ultimately, the story of 2021 from Clint Kubiak, because he didn't. He was in over his head from day one. There was nobody to take control. There was nobody to take control. But the nice thing that the players are saying is the players are providing carte blanche for what needs to happen, which is that's also on the room. It's why the room needs to be partially cleaned out. It's why you need to make significant changes. It's why you need people that aren't indebted or have views of players and say, well, we can't get rid of this guy. I mean, look at what he's done. Or I really like him. Yeah. It's going to be because when O'Neill and Kendricks are saying that, yes, it's a Mike thing. Yes, it's a Rick thing. And yes, it's a Kirk thing. But it's also the entire room. And so now this allows for that entire thing to be swept clean. A lot of guys will be back. A lot of guys won't. And those who won't, there will be a reason why they're not back. Yep. Sports got to be yep. fun. But it, it can't. I don't think that you can win being miserable in life. No, I agree. Uh, not Surge in the YouTube comment section says, what are your guys' thoughts on Jim Harbaugh as new Vikings head coach? So Jim falls definitely into the football sociopath, not yeah. going to make the best human connections guy. But there are some guys that he w- I mean, Alex Boone can shed way more light on this because he played for Jim for a number of years and played in a Super Bowl for Jim Harbaugh. 
And Alex and Jim connected big time behind the scenes, but Jim didn't connect with everyone and clearly didn't get along with the front office. He's kind of a four-year-and-out guy, which yep. is why college works well because the players cycle out every three, four, five years. So I think you'd have to be real – like Jim wins everywhere. He has won San Diego, Stanford, San Francisco in the NFL, and then Michigan. And I think he will win if he picks the right next spot. But you got to be careful because he can be abrasive. He's just a different type of cat, and uh, you got to have the right leadership structure in the locker room to to put up with it. Is Jim trying to leverage Michigan for more? Is is that what? Because I saw you know came out what about a week and a half ago and said that he'd be open to returning to the pros. Um, it feels like that is more about trying to get more from Michigan, though. Well, I, I so my my thought on it is. I think he wants to coach in the NFL again because I think he feels like there's some unfinished business there. Like he went to a Super Bowl. There's some really interesting jobs right now. That Raiders job for him, Derek Carr, he's, he's, his wife is West Coast. Jim has largely lived and coached on the West Coast up until the Michigan stint. Uh, the Bears job, obviously he played for the Bears. Um, Dolphins. The Dolphins are, are really interesting, and there's some, there's some buzz there. Yeah. So – I, and I think he looks at Michigan, too, and probably thinks, God, I know we beat Ohio State this year and we won the Big Ten this year, but Ohio State is loaded every year. And, okay, once we get to that level again and mm-hmm. we get to the college football playoff, do we have the roster to really compete with Alabama and Georgia and when Clemson and LSU are back on the mend? I mean, that was a mismatch against Georgia. Does, does he think at any point in the next three years that he can get enough five-star recruits to Michigan, right. a school that hasn't really dabbled much in the NIL uh, playing field, you know, like Michigan's not given million dollar deals through partnerships to recruits like some of these other schools are. So maybe he sees a glass ceiling at Michigan. I don't know, but for the Vikings, like I, I mean, it's interesting, but I think they're going to go with someone who's a little bit better of a communicator and collaborator than Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, and I think that Jim. So I would highly doubt that the GM that the Vikings go with is going would pick Jim. And I think Jim would probably, if he did take a pro job, want more uh, player personnel control, which would negate the effectiveness of the GM. So I think we need to see what organization the GM comes from to put the pieces together. But I think that there's a group of coaching candidates who are probably hungry for power and personnel power. And a GM is probably not going to bring them in because they would demand control that the uh, that the GM is ultimately going to want. A bad dad joke in the YouTube comment section says, which defensive and offensive units are priorities to rebuild this offseason? I mean, offensively, you need a new center and you need a new right guard. Mm-hmm. It's time to fix the offensive line once and for all. Cause you, fix the offensive line. Yeah, because you, your receiver core is strong. Irv Smith comes back at tight end, so that's in pretty good shape. Um, if Dalvin is back, that's in pretty good shape. So, yeah, I would also say, and I, I know people are going to bristle about this because Mike just walked out the door, cornerback, right? Patrick Peterson's probably gone. Dantzler, we don't know completely about. I don't think Chris Boyd is good. Harrison Hand, I haven't seen play en- enough to make a judgment on. So I think cornerback is going to be a priority position. I don't know if that would be your first-round pick, but... That that has gone from being a huge strength to being a great unknown. Yep. 
Yep. So let's uh, – right, we should put a wrap on this because we're, we're going to have plenty more tomorrow. Alex Boone's going to join the show tomorrow, give his thoughts. Boone's going to be great. I'll be let's former lose. player perspective. I'll be let's lose with some stories. Oh, man. From his time. We'll let him share stories as he's comfortable. Right, that's what I'm saying. I'm not putting any pressure. He's dropped a, he's dropped a few nuggets about Zim. Uh-huh. Those two guys didn't end on the best terms. Imagine that. Say. Two headstrong dudes that didn't get along perfectly. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, thank you guys for, for hanging out with us here the last, uh, few days, breaking news all over the place. And we got you covered here. All of the different things that are going to happen here, GM coach, potentially quarterback draft. This is your home for daily Vikings entertainment therapy speculation. It's purple daily presented by Surly and TCL. We'll see you guys tomorrow.